Foul evil to the right hand. Puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Leopold just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. Tell 911, where's your emergency? Someone overdosed? What's the address? I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Lazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Liebold, and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. What's going on, everybody? Welcome. Hockey to hell and back, episode number 94. Of course, I'm Brady Liebold, coming at you guys live on location from the VS Group in North Bay. You don't know what the vs group is guys these are the people taking care of the puck support charity a lot of you guys have seen the clothing line social media it's been an awareness campaign it was never ever supposed to be that really uh, it was about implementing real solutions and finding real resources and getting out there and helping people and following through and making sure that these people are okay on a continual basis that's something that you know i certainly didn't feel over the years you go into these places you get help you get services and it's you know every time for me anyways it was you know trying to, i had to tell my story over and over and over again because i never got to talk to the same person right and we're really trying to make a difference here it's going to be a long long road 
But I have no doubt we're going to get there with this incredible team and the incredible people involved sitting in a boardroom right now. Two and a half years ago, I was sitting behind bars. It's a, it's a pretty remarkable comeback, but it's not about me. This is about community. And, uh, you know, without the community, the hockey community, uh, people watching the show, listening, it wouldn't have lifted me up enough to even, you know, feel that there was a chance of really doing any of this. So I owe so much of it to each and every one of you if you can hear the music playing behind me maybe not as loud as usual that's uh the new song poster child from the savage patch kids we're gonna have them coming in momentarily but i just got off the ice and i'm hungry gotta take my teeth out this episode brought to you by wings up my favorite wings and uh listen i'll tell you the story doug gilmore friend of the show He's their poster child for Wings Up. No, you know, little, I don't even know what the right word is. Maybe uh, Ramona and Kid Chaos can help me with that later on. Uh, but, you know, Doug was a friend of the show and I seen him with Wings Up. And uh, I was like, hey, I got to go try these wings. And I went down there and it was like the best decision that I ever made. And I'm not just saying this because they're sponsoring the show. I took it upon myself to say, hey, these wings are unbelievable. I reached out to them. I'm like, you guys got something here. And since that day, they've been supporting me behind the scenes. And today, I have no problem eating on camera, by the way. These wings are so good. We got the boneless wings. We got the hot wings. We got wedges over there. Macaroni wedges. They have deals every day. Check your local listings. They're pretty much all throughout Ontario. And they're they're constantly growing. Uh, it's, a, it's a choice that you need to make. They got skip the dishes if you can't get there. Order in, go see the great people at Wings Up. They're everywhere. I'm going to put my teeth back in and get eating these later. Maybe share them with the crew here. We got Cody from VS over here. We got Josh Balderson from River Beacon TV and Luke Boucher. Josh is good, man. Made the trip down all the way from Kingston to be here. And uh, we had some technical difficulties uh, off the gate because I forgot the power cord for my mixing board. So that's why you're hearing the music coming from my old iPhone eight. Uh, I spent all this time loading their music. And if you're watching live, you're not really going to get to hear it in the capacity that I'd hoped. However, we are going to cut the audio and put some music in there and, and play around with it. So you guys can all listen to this incredible music and really special for me because these two people, they're, they're my friends and I have such a, a, a place in my heart for them. I haven't known them very long, but they're two people that when you meet, you just, you fall in love with, you fall in love with them as a couple. Uh, they're incredible. They both have their own personal stories. They have stories together and uh, just, I'm a huge fan of their music, but more importantly, I'm just a fan of them and honored to call them friends um without further ado guys we're gonna get right into this episode i'll talk about some more stuff later on but let's do it let's bring in my friends kid chaos and ramona vogue welcome to the show guys what's going on hey what's going on thank you so much for being here this is long overdue and you know i i really hope that we were going to be able to sit in susan cook's basement and, and do this you know all with mike's passing it around and uh you know, we're all we're all three in different locations. So, um, kid chaos. Why don't you tell us where you're at right now, and then we'll get Ramona to hop in and tell us where you're coming from. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for having us and myself, especially. And the feeling is so mutual. Such a big fan, professionally, personally. But I'm hanging out in a little place, little north of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's called Freeport. For anyone that's watching, 
go Jackets. And yeah, we're just hanging out in the apartment that we stay at whenever we're in the area. And I am not <laughs> yet. Um, I am in lovely, beautiful Muskoka, um, which is, for those of you that don't know, like two hours uh, north of Toronto, I guess you would say. And it's lovely. The sun's finally shining today. Everyone, like for the first time today, was pleasant outdoors to, you know, pass by on the street. As soon as the sun's out here, everyone's just their best selves. So feeling good. Glad to be here. Thank you again for having us. Of, I was of, like low-key getting already emotional um, just from the load-in. So this is going to be Well, be I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful uh, that you guys are here. And like I mentioned earlier, just super grateful to have you in my lives and to, you know, mo most importantly for me on a personal level of friends, right? But to watch you guys and to support you uh, sometimes closely, but mostly from afar because you guys are so busy. Um, but I really appreciate you guys. You know, you guys uh, have some new music out. Uh, we can get into that, but I want to hear a little bit more about your your individual stories before we get into that and just kind of how you guys found your your way into the music industry and maybe some of the other things that you've uh, both done and accomplished over time. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to tell you guys how appreciative I am that you were, you, you know, you shared your new music with me, Super Rough Cuts. Um, I feel like I was essentially one of the first people to hear the music and, um, you are. We, we can get into, uh, you know, some of that later on, but I certainly felt, uh, very privileged and honored. And, uh, I was, you know, as you know, I'm a huge, huge fan. So I don't know who wants to start. Uh, we usually go ladies first. Um, Perfect. so maybe we go with, uh, Ramona Vogue who, yes, sure. uh, lives in Muskoka and that's also usually where I reside and, uh, such a beautiful place and, um, also quickly, House of Gemini. If you guys have seen all the, a lot of the pictures, the beautiful pictures, if you've seen some of the, the Vancouver province newspaper article, those pictures in the fall and some others, that's their handiwork. Um, Kid Chaos showing me how to do the itchy neck and do some poses because I had no idea. Uh, we'll get into that. But uh, Ramona, tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, your upbringing and, and what, is, what inspired you to kind of get to where you're at today. Yeah, I mean, I feel like whenever people ask us this question, we sound insane because I feel like there's like a line. Everyone has like a de definite answer of like the way that they got somewhere or the way that, you know, they discovered they wanted to do something. And that's like totally not the case for us at all. Um, I feel like, yeah, we've for the amount of I mean, I grew up here and kid grew up in Pittsburgh, which is only like five hours away. It's really not far away from each other. And the amount of times in our lives that we could have intersected and, and probably did, honestly, is like astronomical. So um, I grew up here. I mean, for the most part, we moved here when I was, I think, 10. And I have been dancing my entire life. That's like been the main thing for me throughout most of my life. Um, I was a competitive team dancer growing up. And when I graduated high school, I was hired by Disney instantly and went off. I was 18 and they sent me to Europe for free. And I was like, this is stupid, guys. But OK, so um i did that and came back and and i've kind of been dabbling in a lot of you know dance stuff and then i said maybe i want to do kinesiology so i did a little bit of that and i lived in the states and then kind of came back to music music has always been on the back burner for me because i i used to be like really shy about it for some reason i don't i don't know um but i 
yeah, came back and it was always kind of just on the back burner, like, oh yeah, maybe I want to do this. Maybe I want to do this. And um, yeah, over time, it just kind of became more prevalent and more prevalent that, okay, maybe you should do this. Um, and for those of you that don't know, I had like probably the best musical mentor and influence in my entire like that anyone could have asked for um, my uncle was the late and great neil peart of rush for all of you canadians out there and um excuse me he was so supportive and wonderful like i shared him some shared some of my earlier stuff with him and he would give me like the cutest critiques of like very honest feedback, sometimes like too honest, but it was awesome. And, and that really kind of catapulted me forwards to want to kind of pursue this. And, you know, now, as I said before, it's kind of this all over. Um, we still balance dance as professionals. We still balance music. We own a production company and everyone asks what you, what do you do? I'm like, I'm like a million things, like so many things. How much time do you have? <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of like a grand synopsis of, of me. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. And, uh, you know your uncle obviously is a is a rock icon never mind just here in canada but all over the world and arguably uh one of the best if not the best drummers of all time from mm -hmm. rush and uh you know i i know uh he's gonna leave a, an impact not just on your life but he's left a a legacy behind with his other bandmates and you know i'm still a huge fan of rush it, it never their music just never gets old and uh Pretty, pretty inspiring when you have somebody like that to look up to and somebody like that to lean on. Obviously, it's a, totally. it's a, it's a huge blessing for you. So thank you for sharing that with us. And uh, we'll take it over to, to Kid Chaos. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I would love to hear you know a little bit more about your childhood and some of the challenges that, that you faced that maybe some other kids did not. Absolutely. Um, so grew up, born and raised in Freeport, Pennsylvania. Uh, as you can see behind me, well, it's flipped. Uh, I was born with a cleft lip, total unilateral cleft lip and palate, which means for those of anybody that doesn't know, it is a basically a malformation. Your face doesn't continue, like finish forming. So, and to my parents' surprise, whenever I was born, they didn't know before it happened, whenever I came out and there was like this big thing around it. Oh, uh, you know, uh, everyone's kind of walking on eggshells and came to my mother with a giant hole in my face. So instantaneous panic. Oh my God, is he going to be okay? What is all these questions and things like that that came along with it? Is he going to be healthy moving forward? What's the development look like? X, Y, and Z all the way down the line. But um, yeah, that's was something that requires, requires a lot of surgery. It's not as rare as people might think it's uh one in, oh yes yes that is a baby picture of myself so that was before i had my lip and palate repaired look at that little cutie what happened but um yeah uh so basically it takes multiple surgeries you have to get your lip closed you have to get your palate and mine was total soft and hard palate so Certain things, I would eat food, it would come out my nose. I would eat, uh, I would drink things and I could taste it. It was like a very interesting thing as I was growing up. And you don't know what you don't know as a child, going to the Pittsburgh hospital three times or more a week to get checked up. Uh, how's my hearing? How's my speech? All of these things that kind of made you grow up a lot faster. And you don't know, right? As I'm going, I have to make sure that 
it's like performing basically they put the thing i'll never forget the hearing test and um if my mom is watching which i'm sure she is she can attest uh by the three hours being there at you know a very early age they'd show these monkeys and they would clap symbols how ridiculous in this dark room and by the time they'd get to it i was so over it that i'm looking around pretending like i can't hear anything because i'm ready to go home i'm maybe you know one two years old they don't give a crap but um yeah like little things like that that really stand out in my mind on top of the multiple surgeries that really played into it and i had my last one at age 18 which was basically um touch-up surgery to make sure that my palate reached closing my palate so um air doesn't get through proper speech proper pronunciation things like that but quickly morphing back growing up i'm the youngest of three so um although it was acknowledged that i was different it wasn't ever like i was treated very different <laughs> still got all of the the discipline and um expected to follow the same rules and um, do all those things which i greatly appreciate now in my life that it wasn't Oh, you know, he's different. Use it as a crutch because it's very easy to make excuses for that. I didn't, if I wasn't successful, it could have easily been because of my cleft or because of, of these different things. And as I went on top of it, as a sports person myself, my mother owns a dance studio, dance. My father played professional sports and then was my middle school principal. So that's a, a little extra pressure in there. But I was playing four sports at a time per season and my hips, I had super, super flat feet. So everything was rolling in my knees, my uh, hips were all hurting. I'd have both my ankles reconstructed as well. So um, Ramona likes to make jokes about my cadavers that maybe I have Mr. Rogers because the same year he died was whenever I had uh, my surgery. So maybe that's playing into it, both being from Pittsburgh. But yeah, uh, went through a lot of pain at an early age and things that now I really reference in my um, capacity for pain, physical pain is at a certain level that is, I think both good and bad because certain things you, you try, I try not to, this is something I'm really working on. I'm trying not to be comparative or compare things because what's, it's all relative, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever works for you might not work for me and blah, down the line. But like the amount of pain that I had to go through to that point was something that was a very big gap or a big um, hill to climb. Uh, and yeah, working into that, into my professional life, uh, I was going to school to be a surgeon. I wanted to work with people like myself. Mm -hmm. I walked onto the football team at Georgetown and was doing that while a biology pre-med major. And then I wasn't performing at that point in time. Ended up missing it, transferred schools, and then went, did a uh, program in New York City at Broadway Dance Center. Bonnie Erickson, if you're listening, one of my biggest influences in the world, and she really pushed me and to, to pursue this, that I could hopefully make a career out of this. And then consequently, the following summer, interning with my plastic surgeon, Dr. Dennis Hurwitz, um, he suggested to go chase chase the dream, right? School's going to be there. You can always come back to it and um, gave me a lot of really positive reinforcement in that realm to, to go do it. And then four years in New York City as a dancer, actor, um, then moving out to Los Angeles for about seven-ish years. Uh, and then getting all of the different things that very much as Ramona had mentioned, being as a creative director, a choreographer, um, working on just all production aspects and trying to figure out how to be the best overall artist I could be in that in that realm and then yeah bouncing back into music I did it very early in my life and it was kind of 
uh, I don't want to say a joke because it wasn't. I took it very seriously, but I never. It was never longevity. I never saw it happening. It was going to be a fun. It was going to be a hobby. And then when we had uh, united as friends, we uh, started and I, we found out about each other's past. And I said, why don't why don't we write a song? Let's see what happens. You know, we'll see if our our realms can overlap. And then that one song turned into three. That turned into five. And then now uh, we're on to a full album. So. Yeah, in long, that was how we ended up. <laughs> that, that's incredible. Thanks for sharing that. I, I want to bring Ramona in real quick, but I want to just, you know, uh, give you a chance, kid, just to to maybe recognize, like, maybe some of the other pain that you went through other than just physical pain. Was there any emotional pain that you had to go through? Like, did you, maybe not at home, did you not feel different? But what about at school? Were there people looking at you? Did you feel like people were judging, maybe didn't understand? And how did that make young kid chaos feel? And and how did you turn that, or like, how did you turn that around? Because I know you're doing a lot, um, you know, not just advocate, not just doing the music, but you advocate, um, you know, a lot in this community with other children and people who have a similar cleft palates. And I know there's a couple other variations, if I'm correct. I'm sorry yes. that I don't know them, but you're, you're, you're doing a lot like hashtag cleft strong, right? Like you're mm -hmm. a model, you do a lot in this community. So tell me a little bit about your personal experience as a kid, maybe in school or playing sports, or did you feel different? Did you ever encounter any bullying or being teased or anything like that? And, and how did that, you know, feel back then and did, were you able to maybe turn that pain uh you know into purpose here moving forward as an adult definitely that is something that i think from an early very very early age in recognizing because you look in the mirror and you see it this is something that's on your face and people have everyone has something that they're going through but this was something that is every time you pass a surface to get a photo what have you this is right in your face so yeah, kids, kids are kids. They're, they look, they stare. And it was funny that it wasn't always the kids. It was actually adults that were way more guilty of this. And I, I go out now and people look and I, what, what my family really did and helped me out was turning it into an educational thing because people look and ask questions. Oh, what, what's, what's wrong with you? Right. And this is something that, oh, well, they don't know they're curious people are curious people right you see a weird uh, weird right um i shouldn't use that term because that is also super relative a different haircut or a different hat or something that's really bright and crazy and i do all of that we're all of that now but um yeah that was definitely something that recognizing early that you are different and this is something that it's not going away so if someone has something to say about it that really drove me as not only being the youngest of three, I wanted to be better than my older brother, who is five and a half years older than me in sports. So that's where that automatically, inherently, right? I want to be better than him or be able to play with him and his friends. So in a big roundabout way, then it became how good could I be at whatever I was doing? And this, again, was a big reinforcement for my family and my support system that I can't continually thank enough. Ma, if you're watching my grandma, always told me from a young age to be my own man. And this is something that I still, I continue to figure out more and really chip away at as to what that means. But some of the best advice I've ever been given. But as far as people looking at it, people having something to say about it, because if it's not a cleft, it's because you're short or you have, uh, or you're fat or you're skinny or you're tall or what have you. The kids are going to find something to say. But for me, it was, Oh, you're getting beat in football by a kid with a cleft. You might want to, you might want to check that. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. And to take that in a way that was 
and the competitive aspect. And that is something that I still very much feel is done in the right way, a positive thing. Hyper-competitiveness, of course, um, is very fine line, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But that is definitely something that affected me early and continued with me through the years. And, and people are going to say things, but um, yeah, I, they're going to, if not one thing, another, and that is something that I learned to love about myself. Yes. If you want to bring in and, and bring that up that I can't control it, I can't change that. And it was, it's nobody's fault or anything to that point. So yeah, this is it. Okay. It's, it's uh, you know, thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And you know, you make, you make so many great points in there, right? Like people, kids, whoever will always find, find ways to, to try to pick on you or bring you down or mm -hmm. judge. And I think a lot of it always comes back to that individual, whoever's doing it, right? Like we all, we kind of all have insecurities and things that, um, you know, we, we, we seldomly want to acknowledge about ourselves, but we try to point it out in other people and maybe really, you know, there's something along the lines that line up in there. And, uh, you know, I, I love the fact that you've taken uh, that pain into purpose and, and and advocating for and being there for for young people who who maybe are going through some of the stuff that you went through and you're showing them the way and i think it's such an important important thing to just to, to share your experience strength and hope and that's when we when we are able to lift people up and, and create a, a change in society and i think you're making a huge significant impact certainly in that space and others because uh, as i've found is you know cer certainly mental health and addiction you know addiction is probably my wheelhouse um but you know there some of these issues that are you know compiled with mental health and addiction they they, they are far reaching beyond those two just like kind of categories or separate like it, it all kind of ties into each other and so i kind of want to bring ramona back in for a minute and and you know just tell us a little bit uh you know about you finding your way you know you you took off 18 years old you're you're gonna go work with disney what was that like for you uh to have to move away from home was it fun was it exciting did you ever encounter any problems uh along the way where maybe it became too much and you wanted to give up or or anything like that um that you feel like sharing with us yeah i mean there nothing is ever a straight line for anyone i don't feel like and you know this day and age with the internet especially everyone shares their highlight reel and mm. what you see about a person is like a very small fraction of what is actually going on and i had to kind of learn that very quickly especially with a company like that where everything is kind of like eh, all the time and those of you that know me know that that's not how i am at all <laughs> um i earned a nickname pretty quickly with my castmates and they they joked that i wasn't cinderella i was just rella just rella that was that was more more musties so that was kind of like a joke because i i've i just don't like putting on the um false illusion of of happiness and the false illusion of what it means to be happy or or you know successful. I think that those are barriers that need to be broken. And I feel like it's people talking about it that are going to do that. Um, so growing up, I mean, I, I have my own experiences with mental health um, that stem back, honestly, like thinking about it really, like I can't even tell you the first time that I like realized, oh, maybe that 
maybe that's not the way I'm supposed to feel or how maybe that isn't something that should have happened or, you know, something when you're a kid, you don't really understand because you, again, have no comparison. You are a kid and that's all you know. Um, so growing up, I experienced a lot of kind of traumatic events that I didn't really realize were traumatic until I was an adult. Um, because again, as a child, you don't know what normal and not normal are. You just don't. And um, I fell in with some not so awesome people as a child and ended up, you know, being assaulted when I was, I think, 12, 11 or 12, a, a baby, a young baby, you know, and that is, again, something that when your brain is at that stage of like cognitive function, you don't really see that as something bad that's happened to you. You just like can't process that. It's other people telling you like, well, what are you talking about? That's kind of when you realize like, oh, maybe that really wasn't okay. And as a teenager, I don't think I realized how much that affected me. Um, I feel like I searched for validation in really unhealthy ways. And the friendships that I valued were ones that weren't good for me. It was, you know, people that just kind of didn't really care. And that had a big part of, you know, my upbringing and then going, going and shipping myself off to Europe when I was 18. I feel like a lot of my foundational knowledge was not probably what it should have been. And I, I was like a, like releasing a child in a candy store, you know, I wish I could go back now and do it all again knowing what I know, because what an awesome experience. I think I traveled 32 countries from the time that I was 18 to the time I was 20. And that's an experience that you don't just like get, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but again, I feel like a, a big part of my development mentally was stunted because I learned how to mask these things about me that people didn't know. And even, you know, to this day, um, I, I haven't really felt like I was in a place to either speak about it or, you know, knew enough about myself to talk about it, if that makes sense. And over the last few years, I've been exploring and kind of taking myself back to those really dark times where maybe I do need to know about myself back then so that I can understand myself now. Um, and a lot of the last few years of my life have been really exploring those times, which I know I'm talk, preaching to the choir here with you, Brady, but like going back there sometimes like sucks, even though you're not there anymore. And the realization that like you aren't that person anymore, not just because you've moved on, but like that person truly, you cannot see the world from that perspective anymore. You just can't. Right. So having that realization of, oh, dang, this is a like, a, a time in my life I didn't truly realize was was that. And having that alternative perspective from this point um, is kind of a trip. <laughs> and professionally, I mean, I, I, again, looking back on my life, did I have hardships? Absolutely. And a lot of them had to do with me not taking accountability for mm. my own mental health. And honestly, not like realizing because I feel like, again, the people that I was surrounding myself with didn't either. 
And if you don't have people in your life that are going to hold you accountable for these things, you don't really know. So I feel like in the last few years, especially, I've become more vocal about this. And I've, I've been seeing a therapist, which is like awesome. Super love it. And yeah, just finding finding people that aren't afraid to talk about those, you know, darker parts of their lives either. Because when you realize you can separate those parts of your life from the parts that were like genuinely really good, you can kind of create a realm of like a scale for yourself of what you say yes and no to, what you believe, you know, I always say to people, never go in with a real plan, just know what you're going to say yes or no to. And that has been like a big guiding force in my life lately, especially kind of going back and really taking accountability for myself. And yeah, if I could go back and do all of those things again, where I was like truly hurting and not realizing how much I was hurting, I wish that I had that perspective so that I could have given myself a little bit of a better chance in my teenage years. It's a lot. And uh, I greatly appreciate you sharing that. I have tears. I full disclosure, I had tears in my eyes. I just <laughs> stopped myself from crying. And um, I know I know it's not easy to talk about that stuff, even not even going into the finer details and being vulnerable. We talk we just you just talked about that. I talk about being vulnerable all the time. And, you know, for me, it, it, it started with being honest and you become accountable you know, vulnerable, and then having the right support. And I think you just touched on all of those things. And, you know, for me, too, it, it, it was very much the same, right? It was, I was almost running to people that would would put up with my bullshit, so to speak, and people that would co-sign my bad decision making. And sooner than later, you know, the people that, you know, I deeply cared about, you know, weren't co-signing my bullshit. And so I find the people that do, and then you become dis I, I became disconnected, I should say. And, and it just becomes more pain, more suffering. And, uh, for me, and I think it's the same for everybody. Um, it, we can bring kid in here in a sec. I, I just kind of curious as to kind of the process of, of going through that for you. And, you know, I hear you talking about, Oh, I wish I could go back and, and do all that. But do you kind of look at, um, you know, obviously the, the traumatic experience that you've faced, that I've faced, that anybody out there watching or listening have faced, certainly don't wish that on anybody. Um, you know, that is something that I, you know, wish I could take back and, and take back that it happened to you and to everybody, but we can't. Um, but life, as you know, our experiences truly make us who we are and, and they, you know, how we deal with these experiences and what we do with them is really the true test of our character. And I think, you know, you listen to kid talk about what he went through and, you know, the, the character to kind of rise up and now being an adult and, and being a mentor for for the next generation of, of people who are going through similar things. And I know that Ramona, you've shared uh, and done some some work in and around Muskoka to try to help other um, young ladies, I believe, uh, you know, work through some of their stuff. And, you know, I find for me, and I'm curious, you know, for, for you guys, and it's for a question for both of you guys, how, how did it feel initially when, when you became vulnerable? Like, what, what did that feel like? And, um, or, or for kid, what did it feel like when you, you decided to take that step out and say, you know, I'm going to speak up about this and I'm going to put myself out there. Right. And I'm going to, you know, if I got to be a face to this, cause nobody else is doing it, you know, I'll, I'll be there. How did that feel initially 
Uh, and, you know, alternatively to both that question for both of you, when you did, you know, get vulnerable and, and step out and make, try to make a difference, whether in your life or not, how, how did it feel initially and, and, and kind of where are you at today? Um, look, reflecting back maybe to that, that person before, you know, acknowledging some of this stuff or taking that next step. If anybody wants to hop in, either one of you guys, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll jump, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, I was terrified, to be quite honest with you, because instantaneously that puts a weight on your shoulders, whether it means to or not, right? Because you are speaking for, yes, your own, your own situation, but this is something that I speak about a lot whenever I talk to people with clefts, like, in our initial interaction, I have a direct connection with you that nobody else can quite understand. And anybody that has been through the same thing, there is, uh, there's just a mutual respect of, I know the, what you went through physically, probably for the most part, emotionally, um, interpersonally with other people and your, your relationships and stuff. And I really love speaking to people, especially parents, because this is something that I wish my parents had to speak to somebody that had it, that went through it, that it can be a positive thing. It doesn't always have to be this, woe is me, I'm different. And again, it's it's such a fine line to toe because yes, you have to acknowledge, acknowledge that it is different and this is happening. So you're not going to run away from it or ignore it, but also not to go so far on the other side to, I technically have a disability right? In, in terms of the grand scheme, but I don't have a disability like at the, in looking at it in a, in a larger sense. So that, that line is a very fragile one. And one that I really try to make sure that I'm not, I'm straddling rather than um, trying to walk on it because I, it's impossible. And then it puts way too much pressure on yourself. All I can do is share my story, what worked for me, what how my growing up situation was and everybody has their own story but as far as the the feeling of it i just was so so fortunate to speak last year at clefcon which is a convention for um i was so 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 honored to speak at that for representation in the arts and this is something that i also love to speak on that i i'm not ever looking for pity this is something that is very, very perpetuated in the cleft community. Anytime you see somebody on screen um, that has this, they are downtrodden. They are, you know, a, a case that is for to look like a pity, uh, really take you under their wing and, and ride, bring their spirits up. Facing that as early as I did and the support system I had, I felt like I was on the other side of that. Like looking at as I got older and seeing how I'm or represented in over and over in films, in TV, in all these different things, it's like, that's not, that's not me. I don't know that. I don't know that person. And it, it actually just happened so very quickly. Um, in the new C or the new Cobra Kai show, they have a character that has a cleft and they couldn't find any actors legitimately with a cleft to play it. So they had to use a prosthetic and that, come on, come on, everyone. Just that brings me up to here and i don't like you know me i don't like to be up to here but just that kind of thing that looking for representation and how is somebody going to act better than somebody that lived it you know these different things so as far as a feeling it's it's passion is really what it comes down to because i don't want to let anybody down i know that like it or not i'm being looked at 
and I want to represent those people and do them proud. And especially all the people that I've come into contact and haven't yet, I try to answer every single message, every single Instagram, every email, just because again, I wish that I had that growing up and I wish I wish my, uh, I wish that my parents had that as well. I had, I had to unmute myself there. Um, Thanks. Thanks, kid. And, you know, I just want to touch quickly, Ramona, before you hop in there. Yeah, that that's garbage. Uh, yeah. Absolutely garbage. You know, and when we because it would do so much so much for everybody. Right. Like just mm -hmm. it just it would lift people up. It would it would help people. Not only would it, in my opinion, obviously, like you lived experience to me, like if you have mm -hmm. the lived experience and you are that like that is that is the most authentic and the best way to do it. Um, so you know, I really, I really believe that your advocacy work with your charisma and your personality, like you have, like you're already, you know, making that shift and that change and you'll just continue to, to beat those doors down. You, you're very, you guys are both still young, you know, I mean, we're arguably all young and, and I think I'm older than both of you guys by a few years, but slightly, um, slightly. Yeah. Uh, what can you tell? I got the, I got the white streak. Every time I see every time right I, now, though. every time I see people now, they're like, "Whoa, your hair is like that one piece." I'm like, "Yeah, it's gray." They're like, "No, it's not gray. It's white." People like, pay a lot of money for that. Yeah, you're in, yeah. you're in the trend right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, well. I don't know. I, I embrace it, but I, I want to go back to what you said about talking. Especially, it's one thing to talk to the people, but to talk to the parents, right? Um, to include them. And this is something that I'm very conscious about when I'm coaching hockey. And especially when I'm, you know, as people know, I think I, I do zoom calls and hopefully now that COVID and the mandates are lifted, I can get out and do essentially what you would call like a keynote speech or whatever, just not even huge audiences, but with hockey teams and getting there and connecting. And I always encourage like when, when I'm setting this thing, these things up, I'm like, I highly, highly, highly encourage all of the parents to sit down right and the coaches a lot of them are reluctant because it's like well there's a disconnect there there's a huge disconnect um but i'll tell you like even today for example um you know i was out uh, i'm not going to say where or anything because you could figure it out real quick but i came across a guy today um why i was late and you guys know because i i mentioned it to you before we started uh, you know, I was 45 minutes late getting to VS group because I was out and, uh, you know, it sort of just happens now with the stuff that I'm doing. Uh, but I met a guy that used to own a, a hockey team and uh, his son played some junior hockey and uh, the people I knew uh, was with, you know, that I was with knew him, right? Like knew this, this young man and I had never met him, but I, I got to meet his dad today. And, you know, the only reason we ran into him and they're like, Hey, where's so-and-so? And he's like, I have no idea. I have no idea. And, uh, you know, so I sit down and start talking to him and spend like 45 minutes talking to him, come to find out he hasn't seen his kid in a year, former hockey player, really struggling with addiction and mental illness. And, you know, he, he's sitting there going like, you know, thinking he's failing as a parent or he did this or he did that wrong. And this is a huge, a huge part is, you know, people are just not educated. They don't know. Right. Like, and it, it's the same thing when we're talking the cleft and, mm -hmm. and, and addiction, mental health, like a lot of people just don't know. Mm -hmm. And from my experience, a lot of people just don't even want to acknowledge it, at least fully acknowledge it. They may, you know, go off to their friends and gossip about it and, and, and say things about other people, but ourselves internally are not really acknowledging it and, and realizing like how much of an impact that this can have. And I really believe that parents 
are the key, right? Like kids are the key for me. Like we're going to make a shift in anything. When we look at anything, get to the grassroots. It's not going to be overnight with the adults because sometimes things are just there. People are rigid in their thinking and everything. So to see a shift, it's going to be small little changes over time. But if the parents aren't equipped to either deal with their own kids or the kids that they're around, how, how is there any possibility for for real healing to happen or change to happen so i really like that you you highlighted the fact that you like to get to talk to the parents because you know i think at least when i think of addiction a lot of parents that have loved ones in addiction they think that that person just needs to go to rehab and it's all on them but they don't realize that they need to work on it too they've either been enabling or doing certain things that you you know and they think, okay, well, they're gone to get help, but they don't ever stop to take a look in the mirror and say, hey, like, what can I do? How can I prepare myself for when they come back at a rehab or for their journey in recovery so that I know the signs so that I can actually help and not be counterproductive? So um, I would like to uh, turn it over to Ramona, just going back to uh, some of the adversity that you had to overcome and, and that original turning point where you decided to say, hey, you know, I'm going to I'm going to take my power back. I'm going to take my life back. And yes, it's a process. Some days, as we know, it still hurts and we're still in that process. But when you made that initial decision, um, how, how did you feel and what was the response that you got um, when you did share that, whether it be with one person or, or a couple and and like, how did it make you feel um, and how do you deal with with the days um, when it is hard, maybe for some people watching or listening, because I know there's listen. One in six boys will be uh, assaulted or abused, and I think it's one in three women, uh, girls and women will be. And so those are extremely high numbers. I'm one in six over here. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people have shared with me over the last couple of years, like I've been essentially the first person that they've told, right? And like, I don't like that. Like, I don't like that because some of these people are in their 50s, right? And they've had yeah. to carry that with them for 45 years. Um, it's great that they're dealing with it now. Let's meet you where you're at. At least we're making progress. But it's it's people like you and, and others that, that are speaking up about this stuff that are empowering others to feel, you know, strong enough to come out the other side. So tell us a little bit about what that experience was like for you and, and kind of how it's changed as, as, time gone, as, time, uh, as time has gone on. I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> not an alcoholic drink a drink yeah of water. yeah i mean it's again it's never a straight line and i i don't think it should be i i think that that is super unrealistic to try to think that you can just get better or be better or feel better or you know all of a sudden you snap your fingers and you're good that's not i don't think a realistic or a healthy way to look at the process of healing um, in any kind of way, but especially in, you know, a way that is so deep. And, you know, there's, there are, I, I can only speak from my experience here because I know, I, I know a really like sad amount of people that are in the same boat as us and are, you know, survivors of assault and are, you know, just, have really awful, sad, heartbreaking stories. And everyone kind of has to find the thing that works for them. And there's there's no program, there's no, you know, three steps to success with this stuff. There's just not. Um, it's it's a day by day, you know, kind of kind of regimen that you have to 
put into your brain. And, you know, once you start to believe that you are enough, that you are strong, that you are, you know, worthy of, of taking care of yourself, that is, you know, people can tell you these things a thousand times over, but they mean nothing unless you truly believe it yourself. And I think in the last few years, especially, I know the pandemic definitely affected a lot of this for me because I was very good at distracting myself with having 85 things on the go at a time that I didn't have 10 seconds to actually have to sit down with myself. So I truly didn't really know a lot about myself before, you know, the last kind of two or three years because I ignored her and tucked her away where I knew, you know, I had become really good at moving on and ignoring it and masking over it and, you know, all of these things and using vices um, in place of treatment and dealing with it and, you know, things like that. And during COVID, um, there was a lot of downtime where it was quiet and there wasn't a whole lot to do except sit and think. And I think I kind of, and I mean, kid, you can attest to this. I, I spent a lot of the first half of COVID spiraling um, in a very like personal way. And I started talking about things I had never spoken about before. And just, I was like, why do I feel like this? Why do I feel so miserable and so just I didn't I sat down and didn't really know who I was some days and I had just kind of come to a point where I was like I remember having this conversation with you being like I need to take a bit of a deep dive here and I know that I need to and it's going to take me to some pretty uncomfortable places that I've been avoiding for a very long time but I feel like it's time because I don't want to wake up one day and be 50 years old and still be in this routine of masking and of using vices and of distracting myself and knowing that in the back of my mind at any second that time bomb could go off, you know, and it would come out in weird ways. Like vice wise, if, if I had too much to drink, I was pretty angry. I was a pretty angry person. And that got me into some trouble and, you know, things like that. And, and as soon as you kind of lose your inhibitions, with vices like drugs and alcohol, things come out in really, really bizarre and unhealthy ways. And I didn't want that to be a part of me anymore. And I'm, I'm glad. And it was ugly for a minute. I'm not going to lie and be like, I went to therapy and now I'm fine. Like, that's like, not it at all. And I feel like everyone that kind of puts themselves in that position knows that it's ugly for, for a minute kind of having to face yourself in that really raw time that you pretend didn't happen or didn't exist. And for a couple months, I just really was at rock bottom, like for real, for real, in a really like vulnerable and I don't want to say embarrassing because it wasn't embarrassing, but it was, it was just very vulnerable. It felt like you were naked, like all the time, like everyone could see you for what you really were. And growing up kind of not loving that part of yourself, 
um, that feels very intimidating to have people, you know, now know that about you and now able to form an opinion about that. And it's easier to hide yourself from people when they don't truly know. And then, you know, when they do know, it's all out there and your life is now kind of put on display. And that was something I really tried to avoid, I think, for a long time to protect myself, to protect my younger self and, you know, have that shield up and, yeah, realizing that that was doing more harm than help was a big uh, changing point in my life. But ever since then, I mean, going back and talking about, you know, these times that all through my teenage, you know, life and even my early and honestly, some of my later 20s, finding out that these were kind of pushback reactions to things that I was hiding was a big eye opener for me because I was like, this isn't this isn't really who I am. This isn't really me. This is how I'm reacting to something that happened to me. And that is not something that I could control, obviously, um, especially as a child. But what I'm able to do now is have a new perspective, almost like a third person perspective to, to, to see that and to experience that, but from, again, from a different angle. And it's been, it's been very cathartic for me to actually go back down that road and travel back to where I'm at now, because I feel like when I arrived back here in, in like, you know, the last few months, I would say even it took a long time, but arriving back to here, I feel like a brand new person. Um, I feel like a, a weight has been lifted. And although, you know, people know a lot more about me than I originally had cared to share, because again, I just like, I liked to have that shield where that part of me was untouchable. And now, you know, that it's not and that people know that's, again, like a scary thing. So coming back and realizing that my outlook on myself had changed since helping myself is such a a really awesome thing to feel because although it, it sucked while it was you know happening talking about it having to explain everything to this person who knows nothing about me you know my therapist and 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 just feeling like you were the one at fault was you know a, a tough a tough pill to swallow and then to realize, you know, that I, it wasn't my fault and I I shouldn't feel that way. And just that kind of array of, of finding the road back to being able to now, I'm 30, you know, I have my whole life ahead of me still. And I feel like this perspective that I've given myself by allowing myself to heal is something that I'm super grateful to be carrying forward with me. I just want to jump in real fast yeah, as, as, a, as like please. a, and I don't want to say an onlooker cause I'm an active participant, but us, the things that we kind of ebb and flow in our relationship, both because we are, um, our romantic relationship and our personal relationship and our friendship. And we work together in a bunch of different capacities. So being around each other and learning how to navigate these things that 
we went through, <laughs> we went through a lot of very critical points in our all of those relationships in such a short time and um as somebody that is trying to be a healthy support system and um you know trying to to be the right way if that makes sense because as somebody who hasn't um gone through the same things or what have you trying to be a positive reinforcement but also at times negative reinforcement and like a, but a, a true and honest mirror and then on top of it to 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 do the I think the the biggest thing and uh, Ramona and I talk about this a lot of the time the best way to help not only yourself but others is to point the finger back at yourself how can I be better myself to then but if because if I'm, I'm why do we always see the, the the most unhealthy people giving health advice or the most people that need help the most and you, you can see through it that's as transparent as you know a window but how can i as somebody that cares about another person whether it be a friendship or just general life how can i me not making it about myself but how can i do the best for you and that is something that we um yeah it definitely took some some uh adjusting and tweaking and uh, all that stuff but i think the person and i will strictly say this the person that i met and the person that you are now is vastly different and um to someone that i'm not that i wasn't proud of you before but the person that you are today as like a woman that i'm very proud of and to have in my life and someone that cares about me like that's such a huge feat and something that i got to uh you know be a, a, a part of and watch it happen and be like wow if that's possible then i don't think anything's impossible at that point you know Wow. Thank you. <laughs> crying, crying again. Full disclosure. Susan Cook watching over here. She says, awesome. Imaginal chat. Welcome back, Ramona. Thanks, Susan. Susan. <laughs> Susan's responsible for our friendship, the three of us. She really, is. Right? So yeah. uh, without Susan, there's uh, a lot that isn't happening. And, and this is uh, this is one of those uh, things. And it's, it happens to be a friendship that I hold very near and dear to my heart. And I wish the Likewise. three of us, I wish the three of us, you know, all lived closer together all the time so we could, because we haven't had a, a ton of time to actually um, hang out and kind of have these discussions, just the three of us. Because yeah. I think, you know, as as, a, as anybody can guess, you know, if it was just the three of us chatting and nobody was listening, we'd probably dive a little bit deeper into some of this stuff. And and, and that just goes for everybody, right? Like not everyone is, I, I don't put everything in my life in, in out there. Like I put, a, I put a lot, but there's still a lot that of course I, I hold back because, you know, as, as, we all know it, it's still hard to to just share completely be like hey this is me like you talked about being naked like being that vulnerable and still like for me even when i talk i have those feelings where i'm like are people judging me and right. most of the time i'm like i don't really care at this point like it doesn't matter but there are those times where it's like ah like you know and, and then i i try to find a way to snap out of it but ramona thank you so much um for sharing that um uh luke who's actually uh, sitting beside me here, uh, says people form opinions to keep others from noticing what might be wrong with themselves. It's always hard to look projecting, projecting yeah. exactly. And, uh, you know, that was a big thing, you know, Luke, Luke over here mentioning looking in the mirror. That was something that I had a really hard time doing, right? Like my whole life, uh, and by looking in the mirror, I mean, I never had a, like, I used to be kind of a pretty boy, full hawk, like, you know, whatever, but it was, you know, okay, I'm going to look at my hair, but I had a real hard time looking at myself, 
looking mm-hmm. at myself like in the mirror, Same. right? And 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 having to have that important conversation. I think a lot of us are like that, right? Yeah. Um, but but you know, as you mentioned, and, and I think we've all mentioned on this show, when we're able to do that, it's it's about taking our power back. Um, I could talk about this stuff all day. We're probably going to do this again when we're all back together in Muskoka. But I really want to hear. I really want to hear about your music and 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 tell people because i'm such a huge fan i listen to you guys all the time susan and i in the workshop crying i can't stop um, <laughs> huge fan of you guys just so proud of you and uh, you. love you love Thanks. your old love your old music but the new music is uh poster child your your single that's out right now tell us a little bit about that that was a song that uh i opened the show with and uh at the end of the show if you're listening on audio we'll probably just play it out in full um and just reminding everybody make sure you guys follow them on social media at ramona vogue at kid.chaos we had it a, a, a on the bottom of the screen earlier i'm gonna have all the links to all their stuff uh if you're listening on audio the, the links will be clickable uh, i don't think we can quite do that on youtube maybe we can josh isn't in here right now he'd be the one to figure that out i do know how to do it on the audio so if you're listening <laughs> make sure you click all their follow them support them download their music on spotify wherever you get your music but please tell us a little bit more about your music i want to hear about poster child and tell us uh, if you don't mind tell us you know what that process of writing that song was 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 like and uh kind of where you're where you're at today with it because I know you mentioned to me that you had a, you know at least Ramona I think did that you're having a little bit of writer's block there for a little bit right oh man yeah we were um, it was bad it was bad it was bad and again this was in the midst of of personally like my my own road to recovery and I feel like because it, it was like static and and again the pandemic you know, contributed to that. And there's just like a lot of factors. And I think we tried <laughs> the, between the two of us so hard to like write something just to like write something <laughs> that like nothing was coming out and whatever was coming out, we just like, we just weren't proud of. Right. So um, it, it took some time. And, and then when we sat down with it again, we ended up writing our whole album, I think, in what, like two to two days? Yeah, it was something astronomically quick that we just started, get, got it going and banged it out. It, it was, was like crazy. word vomit. It was awesome. So um, Poster Child is actually a part of a conceptual album that will be coming out in late 2022. And I'm so excited to actually talk about it for the first time. <laughs> first time we're talking about it yeah and especially with you on this podcast because um it's something that has become so near and dear to our hearts um because it really was a personal hard look in the mirror for both of us and i feel like poster child especially i mean the hook of the song is another life so long ago i was the poster child feeling low <laughs> and that was like exactly it i think for kind of like everyone that's gone through something and and you know i i love and i i'm speaking i can speak for both of us here the the feedback we've got from people and our friends and even just like people we don't know in in the world um just saying like I I really relate to this is something so special um, as an artist that, you know, something that we created from such a place of truth and of honesty and of real, you know, 
real honesty of going down to the ugly places and having people be like, man, that's exactly how I feel is super special. It's very, very cool. I, I just want to hop in. I, I love that song. And I know there's a, a couple other ones coming down the pipe that I haven't even heard the, I, I'm not musically inclined, but I, what is it? Digitally mastered or mm -hmm. finished yeah. product. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, I could, I listened to those songs. I know Susan's watching. She, she got to hear them too, because she was sitting there and I kept playing them on repeat. I'm crying as I always do <laughs> listening to it. And you know, and and honestly, like that that song, Poster Child, like uh, there's so many of us out there, like as you mentioned, they can relate, but it, it's it's got such a good hook. Like, um, uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I too love it because I'm like, I know them, I know them, I know them, right? <laughs> but but you, you you strip that away from from it. Like if I didn't know you and someone showed me the song, I'd be blown away by it, right? And I think that's the as you alluded to, there, I think there's times in all of our life where we do feel like the poster child of feeling low, like we're, we're alone here, we're, we're all on, like we are the lowest and nobody gets us. And um, what was it, what was the, uh, like when you got to listen to that back for the first time, you two, um, maybe the, the very first time you got to hear it after it being finished and digitally remastered and we're like, we're going to release this song. Like, what did that feel like for you guys? Um, both of you guys, I'd love to hear hear how you guys felt yeah. about this. Did you dance? Like, did you guys make a new dance routine and dance about? Because I would have if I could dance, but I can't dance. It's something you guys need to teach me how to do. Well, definitely, we can definitely arrange that. But um, yeah, I feel like every time that we hear a song back, it's almost the same reaction every time. We look at each other, and our mouths are open, and it's like, oh my god. Like we freak out because it's it goes from something and as somebody that has can and attest to this is not us two, you hear the demo version and that's done on the mics we have in front of us and usually 95% of the time away from each other. So it's, you know, you don't get the feel of it ever being a song, a complete song. And then finally, whenever we do get it together and we get it to um Blake, our mixing guy, who's fantastic. If you're watching, what's up, Blizzy Blake? What up, um, and then, yeah, even from like every step, it gets different and uh, better. And they do their wizardry, you know. Um, and yeah, we flip out every single time. It never fails. Sometimes we sit and just are really very quiet. Um, oftentimes, I'm jumping around, um, throwing my hair. That I'm, you're my hair idol, Brady. I'm trying to get you like you right now, but um. Yeah, I, I think it's just pure joy and excitement that we had one idea, found the right things, all the different ingredients, and then came out with, uh, for us at least, a tasty treat that now we're just, and then we do the, okay, is it ready? Should we put it out now? Like, should we should we release it right now? Does everyone else need to hear it in the world? But um, also, the answers are yes, but um, yeah, Poster Chad was the one that we had listened to back and went said to each other yeah this is this is the first single and this is such an intro to the new um our new sound what we're going for and just kind of a little more polished crafted product that yeah. we're super super stoked on tell sorry to hop in here tell us a little bit about your sound because to me i love it like you you have you have ramona with like these 
just this unbelievable voice. And then you come right. in with this charisma where it's sort of this, almost like this rap, but I don't know what you call it. it you know, and I, I had mentioned to, to Ramona, I said, you know, it kind of reminds me of Archie Starr, like back Ooh. in the day, just uh, uh, like your older stuff, maybe not so much your new stuff, yeah. but it was that, that vibe. And they were like, they, maybe a lot of people don't know who Archie Starr are, but I used to like that. I had the hoodie, I had the That's everything. like emo kids unite. That's right, like, like yeah. that's cool, like, <laughs> that's you know, a so that was that was what I thought of originally, but like when I first heard it, you know, and you you hear you hear your your voice is undeniable, Ramona. Like it just is. Thank like you. It, it is undeniable. It is incredible. But then you get this other side, right? That like if you don't know and you just it, like if you listen to Poster Child and you, you hear your your powerful, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, what? Like what's happening right now? Right? Like when when kids start singing, I think you guys are like you you're really on to something right and and it's not just the connection in your voice or or the way that you perform kid and, and your voice and what you bring it's really about the lyrics and like that song you guys you guys wrote yourself right like a lot of people are, are, are artists are singing songs and i'm not saying that it's the wrong way to do things uh maybe there'll be a time when you guys are so big that you know you'll have people writing songs for you too isn't that maybe. the dream essentially <laughs> but when i when i look at it i i think of okay like Here's two people that are that are putting their their heads together and 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 getting it out there and it's coming from their own personal experience in their own heart and then when you you get it together like people if you haven't heard I know you heard it kind of in the beginning go listen to it because it, it's just like oh, it, yeah I love it like I'm such a huge fan and not just because I know you like <laughs> I, I'm like I remember listening to it and, and the song like the, the all when you send the rap versions and I'm going like. I listened to the first one and I'm like crying. I'm like, Susan, this is like really good. Like, I, I can't believe how good this is. Like, you know, and then I go to the next one and I'm like, holy, like what is going on? And, and she can attest to this, right? Like I was sitting there I'm like, this is incredible. And then when you guys sent me, you know, the, the, the digitally mastered finished product of poster child, I was just so proud of you guys. Like so Thank proud you. of you guys. Thank and you. so I see honestly so much potential and, you know, success is different to everybody. I certainly had a distorted version of success. My mm -hmm. whole life success is money. Success is, you know, is, is, is all about, you know, material possessions and look at me, but success is really just about achieving one's goals, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you look up the definition of success, it's, it's really achieving one's goals and, and finding like a, essentially like a purpose and going through that. And I see you guys doing that and living your best lives. And I just really want to highlight the fact that it's not an easy path, right? Like it's not an easy path. It's a grind. Like yeah. you guys are in like grinding, like you said, wearing a lot of different hats, but that's what it takes, right? Like sometimes yeah. that's what it takes. And I think it's important. And I, I always relate things to hockey, right? Because that was my life. But it's this end all be all of make the NHL or if you're a, if you're a woman, girl or woman, you know, NCAA scholarship, play on Team Canada, play on US. And that's like the highest pinnacle. So I you know it's for me, it was like always like, okay, NHL or bust, NHL or bust. It was always about this end goal. I never stopped to actually enjoy the experience. I never enjoyed the ride. It was always, right. it was always stress and pressure. And, and I, I feel like, of course, it's probably going to be a part of your guys' stress and pressure. But when I see you two together, right, whether it's, you know, if we just meet, you guys are incredible with the photography house of Gemini. But when I, I sit back, 
I watch you guys, like there's just that special connection between you two. And I think that's what, what also like highlights, you know, your music and your personalities. And, and certainly when people start to get to know you guys or your music, they're going to fall in love with you too. I have no doubt. It's just a matter of, of getting it out there. And, you know, you guys know, like I'm a huge fan. I'm not that big. You guys are, you guys are bigger stars than I am, but I have a different, I have a different, maybe, uh, a crowd and and you know i'm going to be pumping your music absolutely everywhere and uh i'm just so proud of you guys right and honored and honored to know you guys and and like i said earlier um i love the fact that the three of us we have like a group chat going we we keep in contact and and uh, that certainly means a lot to me uh, i just say because i didn't have a lot of friends right like I, I i thought i had friends even i look back through childhood through through school uh, i i had essentially uh more like more friends than you could want really my life in school that way was kind of easy mm-hmm. um you know essentially the the cool kid but really i look back and i'm like wow i was really quite a loser like the way <laughs> i acted like like I, like 34 year old brady would kick 16 year old brady's ass if i met him type deal you know what i mean <sighs> so but all these people didn't have these these relationships and these friendships these real connections and um, you know i have i have a few of those in my life today and, and you two are certainly right up there and and just so grateful um i think we'll we're gonna have to do this again but tell Absolutely. us tell people out there tell people out there i'm gonna have it everywhere tell people how they can find out more about you guys and what you're doing and where your music is what the plan is i know you said sometime in 2022 but poster oh, child's yeah. available yeah. Oh. poster child is out everywhere right now every major streaming platform it's there (laughs) and uh yeah we have a an album coming out uh by the end of 2022 Mm -hmm. and uh we mentioned before it's a conceptual album and it's actually a journey through your mind psyche and its reaction to trauma and that is the uh kind of centerfold you know plot and concept behind the album and the whole album without giving away too much but is is kind of a journey um through two people's perspectives that put themselves through therapy and going back and revisiting all of these memories that have been stored away and figuring out what they mean moving forward so as as you kind of journey yourself through the album you learn some things and you you know see these things from different perspectives um from two alternate perspectives which is something we're really looking forward to bringing to life and bringing you know to a, just a deeper meaning behind something that already does have such a significant and meaningful you know power to both of us and it has we're so proud of of what we've been able to write um in the last few months and just the kind of genuine stamp that we're able to put on it being like yeah that's exactly what i wanted to say and exactly how i wanted to say it <laughs> um so it's something we're super proud of and something that we're really looking forward to advocating for because obviously you know once people know everything behind it and that's you know kind of the next step is is preparing to kind of be these these faces and these and these people leading these conversations and doing you know you do such a great job of it and you know just really bringing these topics to light that people kind of keep in the dark and people don't know how to talk about and people don't know what to say or people don't know you know how to bring it up or 
or how to look for the signs that maybe their friend needs help or, you know, something like that. And, and, and I feel like the more that we make these conversations um, not so taboo is, is so important for everyone all over the world. Totally. And for, uh, this is also just plug, super hard plug right now. This is the first time that we've written for each other, uh, yeah. which is, was a really awesome, like, uh, Miss uh, Ramona over there, she actually wrote the first rap verse that she's ever written. Um, and it worked out. I wrote uh, a very like singy part for her. And it's just that everything fell into place in the way that we picked a feeling, picked a memory, picked uh, an experience, and then attributed either a metaphorical, a literal, or a, um, you know, really put a pin in it. Here's how this felt for us. And then writing it from our own perspectives and having other people sing it was, or, or rap it, um, was a really great exercise. And it, yeah. like, like you said, Brady, it was just like, it just fit very well and then looking at it from the other side going oh yeah okay yeah, po poster child's my first rap song yeah. <laughs> yeah she wrote the first verse or the first yeah the first rap part of that she wrote that first part and i wrote wow. the second one i i would have no not that i don't think you could do it or not i would have just never <laughs> guessed it and like you know you I, I don't know. I think that's a test to just the, the relationship that you guys have and the connection that you have. Like she's able to write that and then you're able to come in there and then just kill it, right? Yeah. Like kill it because you know that she wrote it for you. Yeah. So you come in there and you're like, you know, and that's maybe that, you know, maybe that's why too, it is so powerful, right? Like that. And that is, thank you for sharing that with us. That's incredible. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. First time. First a time demo. Ever. A demo version of me rapping it exists. Oh, it's somewhere out there, and one day it is going to be. And out one day there for the I'm world. selling it for one Bitcoin as an <laughs> NFT. <laughs> oh, we can talk all about NFTs and stuff like that. That's a space that I'm trying to uh, trying oh, yeah. to to oh, navigate, yeah. and I've had multiple people, uh, different people that are going down that space to reach out to me. And it's, it's, it's sort of like a little overwhelming to, it is, but, I, but yeah. I do understand it. Like I, you know, I've never, we, we should definitely chat about that. Yes. Yeah. You, Cause you guys, you know, you guys would be a lot better at that kind of stuff than I am. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think of, I cringe when I hear of Bitcoin because when I, in 2009, I had an opportunity to invest in Bitcoin when it was like $27 no. a Bitcoin. No. Yeah. No. And, and, uh, we my, just looked it's $56,000. Yeah. Oh. So I wanted to take, I wanted to take, uh, $5,000 and, and, you know, $27 a Bitcoin. Bitcoin. I don't know what the math would have been. Uh, and my, my girlfriend slash fiance at the time was like, are you out of your mind? Blah, blah, blah. I don't look back on it and, and dwell on it. Cause at the end of the day, that money might've been enough to kill me. Right. right. Through my sure. addiction and different things. Absolutely. So uh, I'm not the one that's ever like chasing money, although it'd be nice to have, because I want, I do want, I realized guys is like, I know I was always like downplaying, like, I don't need money. I don't want money. Cause personally, I don't, I don't really care as long as I have what I need, I'm good. But I realized that for, for me to kind of do the stuff that I want to do, like I need a lot of money because I want to help a lot of people. Like I want to help a lot of people. Like I, as much money as I have, and I know you guys are the same. It's like, let's, let, what can we do with this to make the world a better place? Yeah. So now I'm like, I'm like, I'm like literally manifesting money in my, in my mind, but it's all for the right reasons. You'll never see me 
drive even if i like won the lottery you won't see me driving around in some lamborghini going look at me look at me probably be in like a car like susie a little toyota corolla or a prius like you know maybe a van because i'll be picking people up off the street taking them to yeah. treatment but you know things yeah. like that and uh you know i just uh, i'm i think i can actually share the music video if you guys are okay with it when after the show yeah, i can share course. my screen i forgot that i could do that um you know and then that way people can see uh the the music video is that the are you guys going to be doing a new music video to this or is this the final one what so like? actually we have we actually crowdfunded a music video last year um it's a song called good old days uh yes, which is one that it. we put out that song um was kind of again right that was that song was rock bottom that song was we were living in a really crappy like long-term airbnb in toronto it was like it sucked. We were miserable and one of our friends died. And then another one of our friends died. And then another one of our friends died <laughs> back to back to back. And we were like in a bad way. And, um, and it sucks, man, like, especially knowing that maybe and I don't like to go down this whole like, you know, knowing maybe there was something someone could have done. And they're just, you know, wasn't and that was how it was and i remember writing good old days on the floor with you mm -hmm. on the cold gross apartment basement floor <laughs> in toronto and i remember saying man this this could be something really cool like here's to making the most of the good old days before it's over it's true so, and it's true i've lost too many yeah. friends this year it gets me oh my God. it gets me every single time it, every and that's, single time again that was like that was the reality that year within a, what like three months i think yeah it was like such a short time period and then just compounding and i mean i know that not that it's ever easier or anything like that it was just like one on top of the other on top of the other we couldn't catch and our we're, breath. Look, we're looking at each other going what do you what do you do you know how am i supposed to how am i supposed to internalize this and actually deal with this grief whenever i can't get past one version of this to then it just keeps piling on. It's like yeah. a tough, a tough pile to dig out of its own. Like it's yeah. an emotional pile. Yeah, it's like swimming to the surface, but the surface just keeps going up. Yeah. Um. So we wrote "Good Old Days" out of out of that, and you know, as we were listening back to it, we said, "Man, this could make a really great music video," and we wanted to cast real people and show we have um this frame that we made um in alex's grandma's house um and we had people submit photos of themselves in times that they considered the good old days so we had people submit photos of themselves when they were younger um their wedding photo from like you know 30 years ago and all of these like really great memories and had them show those pictures of themselves and then at the end of the video showed them now in the empty frame um, just kind of embracing life as it is now and and making kind of the most out of the experience that we have left while we're here because um, you just never know right and it was a really nice thing to be able to celebrate all of these different people um, especially for you kid like so many different walks of your life kind of came together in that video yeah i mean in super short we had my grandmother was in the video um we had this so our first submission for it was and i um our, our little boy who had 
a cleft and his mother had reached out to me whenever he was born. I got to kind of have a conversation with her and talk to her. Um, just again, so many of uh, my honors government teacher was in there that uh, talk about a full circle moment. Uh, Brady, you were talking about the idea of, you know, the NHL or the Canadian team and it's that, right? Like that or nothing. And I don't know if you're familiar with Robert Hastings, The Station. It's a poem. But uh, if you aren't, like, you need to... Oh, yeah. Perfect. Just come on. Look at this lady. That's his grandmother. Uh, that was one of my basketball coaches. Uh, also coached Team USA in the Paralympic Games. Incredible humans. Yes. That's great people. Uh, Babushka, Ramona. <laughs> we were really driving that car. I was terrified. It didn't have power brakes. So I basically had to like stand up on them to stop that car. That's my one of my best friends, Jess, that I lost the week before I left for Europe. Uh, that's my our good buddy Casey, who uh, was one of super super talented performer in New York City. Was on you know on Broadway and definitely gave off a persona, but I got to know him very very well and was one of my really really good buddies that ended up also passing away in that short time frame that we were talking about. It's a very very powerful song. Um, I haven't heard a song yet that I don't like, full disclosure, so. <laughs> My honor is government, Mr. Wyatt. Uh, just one of the most charismatic people you could ever be around. That's actually my brother and my sister, Adam and Austin. <laughs> a couple. Your boys. A couple of my buddies, Andrew Tiorski and Darius France, and. <laughs> Our other good buddy, uh, Anthony Black. Lots of face tats. Our dude. But yeah, I mean, what a special thing that we were able to share with a lot of people and just trying to create something that is relatable. We've all felt like that, right? <laughs> My finest piece of acting. Oh yeah, then this is the the making the memories now, the photos that come on. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Our videographer team. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> did you say yes? I did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Thank goodness that would have made a terrible video. I mean, <laughs> was that a reenactment or did that actually happen right then and there? That it was, was real. It was real. She was, I have to have to tell this story because this is the quintessential Ramona. We were, it was so hot that day, like absurdly hot. And I was in a suit, so I'm all dying, sweating. She's, everyone and all my family had showed up. They were on the porch and I figured she should have known that, that many people, but luckily we were filming a music video, thought that was why. And they're all out on the porch and 
we, I told the videographers, I said, um, you know, I'm going to say, why don't we do just one more take? And then I'm going to propose. And she goes, oh, are you serious? It's so hot. All my makeup is melting. I up. had coal eyeliner in my eyeballs and no one was helping me. I was like, can someone get me a Kleenex? And everyone was just like. So I'm down behind her like. And I was like, my eyes are burning, guys. Like, will someone get me a Kleenex? So then his brother, sweet Adam, finally <laughs> oblivious to what's going on, grabs a Kleenex and starts walking towards me to give it to me. And everyone's going, no, don't do that. And I was like, what the heck, guys? It's so rude. Like, I can't see. What are you doing? And then I turned around. That's why in the first half of that, like, clip, I'm, I look like this. I was like, what the heck is going on? I was so mad. The background sucked. We were never going to use that shot. And I was like, why are we doing this? This is such a waste. And then, surprise. <laughs> that's that's too awesome. That's, uh, I, you know, I watched, I've seen that music video a bunch and I, you know, I saw it. I just assumed it was for the, for the video or whatever. Right. I, you know, I didn't actually know that's, that's pretty cool. Right. It makes it even more special. Right. Like that. Yeah. There's a huge, uh, you know, personal piece for you guys in there as well. And just an yeah. incredible song, you know, paying tribute to your, your friends. And, and honestly, when I listen to it, I feel like it's paying tribute to my friends that I've lost as well. And I think that's why it's so powerful, that song, right. And, uh, everybody can relate. Uh, I'm sorry. I mentioned a music video for poster child. It's a lyric video that you have it on is, YouTube, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so, um, hopefully when the album comes out in, 2022 sometime maybe yeah. we can and uh you know if you guys are ever going to do anything like that again kickstarter campaigns or if there's anything that i can do to help you know you guys move forward you know i'm all in you don't even have to Thank ask you. you just tell me what to do or where to be or <laughs> whatever i need to do and uh you guys know i'm absolutely all in um i think we'll leave it there for today if, if you guys are good with that unless yeah. there's anything else that you guys want to share these are these are kind of you never know, right? Like we we could talk for five hours before doing a show, and then once we start talking, it'll probably never be what we even if we try to follow, uh, you know, essentially yeah. a script or something. Because we just you never know how you're gonna feel. And I just appreciate all your guys's vulnerability and honesty. And uh, you know, I think there's gonna be a lot of people that take out take away a lot of great things from this conversation. And you know, I look forward to to sitting. Uh, whether it be in Susan's basement somewhere <laughs> else, um, you know, not just for a podcast. I like you know, want I, I, it to be Susan's basement. I feel like, I feel yeah, like it like needs to be. Needs to be. <laughs> I know. I, I know. I'd almost, you know, I, you know, I kind of was almost going to be like, Hey, maybe we should do it just so I can even have the background there and whatever, because um, you know, maybe before we go, actually, I want to share before we go, let me share this story because uh, in the last two years or so, just over two years, um, and I'm not, I'm not unique in this. When you decide, I've really found that when people decide to make changes in their life and be their authentic selves and be honest and, and all the things that, you know, we've talked about here today, especially for me in, in recovery from drugs, gifts have literally fallen from the sky. Unexplainable things have happened that you just can't even explain. And they're just, they're so divine and meant to be. And the very first time you guys came over, to Susan's house. I want to share this story. I think you guys know the story I'm talking oh, about. Oh man. Yeah. Right. Like it, uh, it, it's incredible. So, um, 
these two beautiful people uh, took some pictures for me and I had never met them going in there. And, you know, within two minutes we were, we were all friends and it was super comfortable, you know, like it was just, I don't know if I would have been that comfortable doing it with anybody else looking back. Now I feel like, Hey, I got this. Don't worry. I got oh, yeah. you know, kids oh, show yeah. me how to scratch my neck and do this. And you know, the arm, I got this. Don't worry. Like, look out GQ. Here I come, you know, like not actually, but that's how I felt. So like, <laughs> Anyways, I said to them, you know, I said to, to these two, I said, listen, stop by Susan's. I want to give you guys some puck support gear uh, as an appreciation, as a thank you. Um, and you guys came over either. I think it was the next de- night or a couple of days later and you stopped by and we chatted and we went downstairs and I showed you guys the, where I do my pot or first I showed you like the, the humble puck support workshop where all mm-hmm. the, the clothing is done and all that stuff. And I said, if there's anything you guys want, you just take it, let me know, I'll do it. It's yours. I'm so grateful for you guys. And I'd given a uh, kid a hat. I was like, here's like, yeah, this one. And so whatever, uh, I put a name in it, did the, whatever I did. And then we left that workshop and I sh- went and showed you guys uh, where where I do my podcast. And uh-huh. for people that watch this show, usually behind me, there's a series of pictures of hockey players who have either died from overdose or suicide. And you caught it right away. Maybe you can talk about Jonathan Adams a little bit. You caught it right away because he was actually, he lived in Susan's house, not he that did. one, but her, her previous house because Susan was his billet. He yes. played for the South, South Muskoka Shield, was a hockey player, and he took his own life in 2015. Um, he was a friend of yours. So, you know, yeah. maybe just, you know, tell us a little bit about like what you saw and like that conversation that, you know, just you were having with Susan. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Johnny and I were friends. I mean, it's such a small town for those of you who don't know Muskoka and, and Gravenhurst more specifically, which is where the team was. I think they've since moved to Bracebridge, but at the They're time, back. are they? Okay. Awesome. Yeah. At the, at the time. And this is like a long time ago when I was in high school, but, um, they yeah we're all at the Gravenhurst Arena and and Susan was like the premier billet like everyone wanted to live with Susan and Susan like ran everything and she was just like the head honcho when you when you thought of the South South Muskoka Shield and you thought of billeting and you thought of just like the woman behind making sure that all of these boys and men had a home away from home it was Susan you thought of Susan and I still think that like today and um yeah johnny was a friend of of kind of everyone's um and you know i spent a lot of time um like at susan's house hanging out like she was walking distance from the school walking distance from like everything and she just kind of like put up with everyone um and just like let everyone hang out (laughs) and was just like really nice and really sweet and 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 johnny was us like a soul man he was like just so gentle and so kind and and just like genuinely i know people say this all the time it's like always the people that you don't expect and and in this case it's it's 180 true like if i'll never forget that time when everyone was was looking and being like where what's where is he what's going on and and everyone was like what the like what what is going on and and again like i just couldn't let myself believe it i was like no 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 no, not johnny there's no way there's no way and again it just like goes to show you you just truly never do know um what's what's going on with people and johnny was such a special human and susan and i were talking about that um in the basement and you two had kind of gone into the room 
And Susan and I were looking at the poster on the wall and kind of just talking about him and and kind of just like about that time. And and you came out, Brady, with like tears in your eyes. And you got you guys came both came out and were like, you're never going to believe this. And I guess, kid, you had picked up like the last hat of one of the. Yeah, it was it was I was going by and it was a, the super like lovely off color canvas white hat with the white. But there's only one left. And yeah. I know how it goes. And I said, I you know, if you get any more of those in, made or whatever, please send one my way. I would love one of those. I don't want to take the last one. I know how, you know, I don't know if it was for somebody or what have you. But you said, oh, it's yours. Take it. And then sure enough, whose name was in the hat? Yeah, it was. Um, so for people that don't know, typically uh, the hats sit on the shelf and there's no names on them. We don't, uh, at Puck Support, we don't uh, let people, uh, generally speaking, pick who they have on their clothing. If you're watching or listening, Puck Support, PuckSupport.com, this shirt that, you know, like I'm wearing right now, um, all of the stuff has a name of someone who's passed away actually andre parker's uh close to he's north bay played north bay actually it's kind of weird that he's in this one daniel miners in my hat but i i do all this myself and the only time we we actually uh put certain names in is if it's a family member like daniel miners family who uh have been huge supporters shout out tom and michelle Lindsay. you guys are probably watching or listening to this at some point love you guys um and, and they're just there. And so like when you, when I gave you the first, I was like, here, give it to me. I got to put a name in it. Da, 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 da. Susan and, and Ramona were talking and, and you were, and me, we were actually standing to the side and, and they were talking. I said, Hey, if there's, Hey man, if there's anything else you saw in there that you want, just go grab it. Like, I don't even care. And you're like, well, and like you said, you're like, well, there's this hat. And I knew it. Like I knew that was, there was only one left like of that one. And you're like the black and white one. I was like, go grab it. Like, go, go take it. And so I kind of came, I was like, well, I got to put a name in it. Like, I got to put a name in it. So I followed you in while you grabbed it. You yeah. handed it to me and I opened the hat and there Good. it was, Jonathan Adams. John Adams. You know, and it was like, <laughs> I started crying. I was like this, I brought it up. I'm like, you guys are never going to believe what happened. But but Kid was there. Like, it's not like, we were I, all like, just like, like he was there and we were all just standing in Susan's <laughs> basement looking. And, and I don't know about you guys, but there was such a strong presence. Yeah. And, and it was, it wasn't like a... Yes, it was sad and emotional, but it was almost a comforting. Like, like, yeah. he knew, like he knew, like you knew he was there and he was okay with it. And he was like, "Hey, hey, guys, you know, you know, thank you, whatever." Like, you know, here I am, and um, it was a very, very special moment, was it not? Oh yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. never forget that in my life. Yeah, I'm still well, like, that's, yeah, I still have shows. <laughs> I'm, it still makes like, me very emotional. Crazy. Yes, it's uh, it was some. Oh, Lindsay, Lindsay's watching. Daniel Miner's sister. Hello, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Um, it was uh, that was you know, and there's been a few things like that that have happened. Um, that one was uh, pretty pretty profound and just unexplainable and unbelievable. Yeah. There wasn't another hat on that entire shelf, and there's you know, there's probably like 60, 70 hats plus a bunch in boxes more than that at that time, and not a not a single hat had another name on it. And that was the one that you picked. It was one and you just grabbed it. And it was just like, there's no way. There's yeah. no yeah. way. Like, there's absolutely no way this is happening. And it was, you know, in that moment, I think, you know, it just reinforced that, you know, we, I, like, I, at least for me, that I was in the right place. Like, what I did, where I'm at, it's the right place, the right people around, everything right is happening. Yeah. And that's been the kind of the storyline, at least I can speak on for my life since 
you know, starting this and starting to actually try to recover. And as we know, it's not perfection, it's, it's, it's progress. And, you know, sometimes it's two steps forward and one step back, but you just yeah. keep picking yourself up and moving forward. But it was such a, such a, an amazing experience. And I will also never, ever, ever forget that. And uh, I was so happy uh, that you guys were there and that that happened. And, you know, I wish we could bring Jonathan back and all of these uh, loved ones and friends that we've lost back, but we can't, but we can do, we sure can remember them and honor them. And that's certainly what it felt like when that happened. If, you know, yeah. I'll just... for sure. That was like, and just to double down on what, like meeting people in our industry, especially we meet people hand over foot and just kind of, you know, every new weekend I will go meet a thousand people is hosting a competition or, or go and we'll go perform or do whatever. But whenever you meet somebody and you have that instantaneous connection where it's like, Oh, okay, we're going to have to continue this, not just a one and done. And uh, remember we were there to take the photos and you got out. And of course, Ramona and I are over there probably <laughs> like, doing some stupid, like <laughs> miming, I don't know, being complete idiots, but <laughs> After, like you said, two minutes, it was like, oh, okay, we're going to be buddies. Yeah, and yeah. then like that was solidified from the word go and just the the seeing each other do your, like watching you do your thing and the feeling is 100% mutual. Anything that we can do oh, yeah. to help out, um, you already know that we're on board and um, it in a professional, to help as a friend and then do it, it to take it to the professional level is one of the best feelings and and things to be a part of so uh truly uh we feel the same yeah super mutual well thank you guys i know that you know you probably have some other stuff to do out or kid you're traveling um and you know you're always on the go and you know judging dance competitions and speaking and advocating and uh, it seems like you're driving up to Muskoka from Pennsylvania every other couple weeks and then you're driving back and you have to remember that when you first tell me that you're like I remember you guys messaging each other and you're like yeah I'm driving home and I'm like holy like that is so far because I still think that I'm in British Columbia like I'm in Vancouver right. <laughs> and you're driving like all the way across like North America to to get there and I'm like holy oh. man like that's gonna take a long time you're like actually it's like five hours yeah, yeah like, oh, okay. we like the drive I'm doing yeah. it again Monday it's my turn this time there you so, go yeah we're we're always always on the move but that's how we that's how, how we, we do it, it. <laughs> um, there's a couple comments. I, I'm going to let you guys go here in a minute. The last one I just want my friend Brody's watching says, thank you both so much for your willingness to be open with us. Your music is amazing. Aww. I haven't stopped listening to it since Brady mentioned you guys. I'm I'm, I'm such a crier. I can't help. I am Keep too. Up. I'm, I have a pinch spot that I've been like, <laughs> it's my like spot where if I pinch hard enough, I don't cry and I'm going to have a bruise. Big one, big one. <laughs> Keep up all the great work and look forward to one day meeting you guys. And Brody, um, it's, it, you know, Brody, actually, you guys met Brody and I did a poor, poor job um, actually introducing you guys. He was actually on the coldest. He was our, our biggest fundraiser for the coldest nights of the right. year walk. And he was there as you, he was the last, the last one to show the up. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh, holding us. Holding us up, and you're like, fuck support team photo, let's I was go. Like, Brady, like, let's go. <laughs> but, but that's you, what, hey, and I, everyone was. Oh, we lost. Uh -oh. So that whole weekend was so, there was so many opening that I feel like we like, oh, 
Am I back? <laughs> so there were just like so many awesome things happening that weekend that we all just, even between the three of us, we were like, hi, bye. Yeah. Hi, see you over there. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and like, we saw a lot of each other, but we really didn't like see each other. So yes, we will yes. meet again properly, Brody. And I, we equally look forward to it. Yes. And he's a great guy. And we, listen, I couldn't, I couldn't really rush him because he raised like, a significant amount of money more than than me and everybody else on the team and he was you know waiting for his badge and and of course he had his little guy and his wife there that he was uh, had to feed and change his diaper of course, of course. and all that kind of stuff and that stuff always comes first anyways guys if i don't shut up you know i'm never going to stop talking i really appreciate you guys and your time and um we'll have to do this again once yes, you guys are, are back in back in muskoka or wherever it happens i'm sure there's going to be lots for us to do together and a lot of good times that are be off camera where you know people might not see i just really look forward to developing our friendship and being there for each other because at the end of the day that's really what matters right is is, is real human connection and that's yeah. what i found with you guys and i'm just so appreciative and grateful for it likewise we love you yeah well and a uh, little acoustic performance featuring brady i'm just saying i'm <laughs> just saying <laughs> if, if you need a guy that can take his teeth out Oh, I was gonna oh, say for you... a music video or something, then I'm your guy. I can I can yeah. play a I can play a hockey player. I could probably play a drug addict. I could play a, a wide variety of roles. So perfect. Yeah, we got you. Sorry, a wide array. There's there's another camera over there that's recording. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyways guys you have an awesome day i know yes. I'm gonna be here. I'll, I'll be messaging you guys here in the next little bit i gotta wrap up the show but i just yeah, really yeah. appreciate your time and uh, i'm gonna play the lyric video for poster child at the end of the show if you guys are awesome. okay with that of and course. i really highly encourage go follow them on you know spotify apple music wherever you get your music download all their music you know let's support these two not only are they incredibly talented music musicians is the word i'm looking for they're even better people and that is what it all matters so like everybody if you're listening watching this whether you know you're a fan of a certain type of music or not do it just based on who they are because they're the best the best people i personally Aww. love your music just as much as i love you so i'm, you know, I'm all in but um i love you guys and we'll uh, we'll talk love to you very you. soon okay talk to you soon love you guys bye love you awesome that is uh wow it's just wow i i i have so much love and admiration in my heart for those two uh, i'm going to gather my thoughts i'm quickly going to turn it over to my buddy regan bartell play-by-play -play voice of the Kelowna rockets hi there it's regan bartell the play-by-play -play voice of the Kelowna rockets brady leovold's biggest fan team issued is connecting all walks of life Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. TeamIssued.ca. Promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. All right. Thank you to Regan Bartell, Jesse Paradise, everybody over there at Team Issued. Uh, they've been with me since day one. I say it all the time. Former teammate of mine with the Kelowna Rockets and... Regan Bartel, in my opinion, the best in the business. I am really excited. I don't know why every time I decide, I try to talk, I just start to almost cry. It's just, it's okay. And I tell people like, I don't need to prove myself to nobody. Been in more fights in one night than most people will be in their whole life. I've 
you know, and, and really that to me is not being a man. That's not being tough. Um, it's a completely distorted version and, and ideology of what toughness really is. Um, crying feels really good. Like crying feels really good. Uh, sometimes we just need to let it out. Often it's not because I'm sad these days. It's because I'm happy and I'm just emotional. And it, it feels really good to be able to let it out and just say, hey, this is me and this is my feelings and this is it. And and take me or leave me or whatever. Judge me. I don't care. Like you want to call me a wuss or whatever, like take a good hard look in the mirror. And if you're not crying, you might be the bigger wuss than us who are emotional. And I would highly encourage to do some work figure it out, let yourself be vulnerable. Even if it's just with yourself, let yourself feel what's really going on in there. Cause that's where the true healing begins. I was saying though, I'm excited because I'm in North Bay and tonight I get to go to my very first ever. Yes. My very first ever Ontario hockey league game. I played five years in the WHL, which is the same equivalent to the OHL out West. Uh, I've seen the OHL play in the Memorial Cup in Vancouver with my dad. Hello, dad. Uh, when the Vancouver Giants won the Memorial Cup in 2006. But I've never been to an OHL game. And not only do I get to go to the game, I get to see uh, my good friend, the captain of the North Bay Battalion, Liam Arnsby, uh, who's in his draft year this year. Uh, he's just come back from injury and uh, he's got a couple tickets for me. And uh, I'm just so excited to see him play and, and be there cheering him on, see him after. Uh, because honestly, when I, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, players like Liam that can, that can use, and I don't mean this to sound cocky or arrogant, but a mentor like me. And there's a lot of others that would do just as good a job or better than I, than I have. But we go back to lived experience. You've been there. Pass it on to the next generation. I made so many mistakes so many mistakes and a lot of it was just because i was ignorant i didn't know like i didn't know any better and it was figure it out as you go and sometimes especially in the hockey world by the time you figure it out it could be too late and uh you know i want to be there for for people like liam and and anybody whether they're hockey players or not who are trying to achieve their goals um trying to find success in whatever that is and remember the ver the definition of success right it's it's achieving one's goals and filling one fulfilling one's purpose and uh for for these young athletes it, it seems to be moving on to the next level of hockey but I also alluded to it earlier that, you know, we get lost in that. I certainly did as a hockey player. Let's enjoy the journey. Let's enjoy the ride. Let's surround ourselves with good people because when we do that, we will allow ourselves to be in the best possible situation for success. So I'm super excited uh, about that. I want to say thank you to my good friends over there at Wings Up. I got tons of boneless bites to eat chicken wings to eat i'm gonna have to warm them up now i got more food over there share it with josh balderson luke thanks again to them for coming down all the way from kingston they got everything set up i was running late because of the the talk i was having with this uh with this gentleman that i shared earlier with you guys and uh it, it takes a, a community of people a group of people to to make things happen and i'm certainly grateful uh, to have these people in my life uh, and you know i have amazing people in my life and if you're watching or listening and, and you don't feel like you have these these people in your life and uh, i know ramona talked about it earlier in the show about you know the the people that maybe weren't having their best interest at heart or or they're showing them the way um you know enabling them to to live not their best life in fact sometimes their worst life because misery loves company as we a lot of us know 
you know, I'm not special. I'm not unique by any means. Uh, you know, there, we all have it in us to to take power, to take control of our lives, to to make the right choices, and to do whatever we have to do to get to wherever we want to be. And I, like, we all have so much unlimited, infinite potential and ability and strength. Uh, I just think the society and people are, you know, bring us down and don't allow us to believe that we can be exactly what we want to be. We are allowed to dream. Um, and it starts with having the right people around, at least for me, because I always tried to do it on my own. And when that didn't work, I then went back and surrounded myself with the people who also weren't figuring it out. And uh, I'm just not doing that today. So I highly encourage everybody out there, if you're watching or listening, if you're having a hard time or you feel like maybe you don't have the friendships or connections that you want in your life, maybe it's time to, to, to switch your friends. And I had a really hard time with that because I always felt like I'd be leaving people behind. But you know, you're better off leaving them there and showing them the way than staying there with them and both suffering. Because I believe by showing people the way, whether it be friends or people you don't know, just trudging forward to your best version of yourself, your best life, that's where inspiration happens. That's where change happens. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of that. We heard a lot of great things. I want to say thank you to the Savage Patch kids. Ramon of Oak, Kid Chaos, crying again, <laughs> holding back tears. Uh, thank you to the people at VS Group. Special shout out Vincent Shank, the owner of VS Group. I, we are all, we are all beyond excited to share with you guys what is coming down the pipe for Puck Support. It is, it is so much more than, than what anybody has seen. And without their help, without their help, it is it would have never happened the way that it's happening because I, I didn't have the resources or the know-how to do it. And, you know, they've taken this project on uh, pro bono uh, to start because they believe in it, you know, and invested a significant amount of money and time and resources and staff and everything. And it's like the real deal. And uh, I cry during the presentations. We've been, we've been interviewing board members and, and different people and, I literally fighting back tears the entire time because it's, I, I feel so hopeful. I feel like we are going to save one life and then two and then three, and we will make uh, an impact and we will work with other people who are making impacts and bringing people together. And, and to me, that's, you know, that's all I ever wanted when I was struggling was to feel like I wasn't alone and to feel like I know um, that there is help and that there are people that care. Right. And, uh, that was something that took a long time for me to, to kind of understand and to try to even um, acknowledge the fact that I needed to make those choices for all of the right choices for all of this to happen. So um, thank you. If you're watching on YouTube, press subscribe, please press that like button. And if you really like to turn on the notifications, I hate saying that because I watch these YouTube buddies, these YouTube videos are like, Turn on those notifications. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll get right on that. You know, <laughs> but if you do like the show, please share with your friends. I don't have any budget for marketing at this time for the show or anything like that. We're working towards that. Um, but that's what we rely on heavily as you guys. And we're so grateful, all of us here, um, for all your support, whether it's with the podcast, puck support. Um, I can speak for myself, you know, without you, without you guys, um, watching this show this is where it all started this is where it all started almost two years ago to the day i i did my first podcast and you want to talk about you know <laughs> being pretty uncertain about how how people were gonna <sighs> i don't even know the word um judge me uh, i had no idea i just put it all out there 
and I'm sure there's people that are still judging, but the overall response has been just love and support. And I could have never, ever imagined it. And, you know, I took that chance and now look where I'm at today. It's okay to take a chance, especially if it's a, it's something heading in the positive direction. At the end of the day, if something doesn't work, you just pick yourself back up, you dust yourself off and you move on in a new direction, always moving forward, looking back. Sometimes we have to, we talked about it tonight, um, you know, to address some things, but always moving forward, always trying to just be better every single day. That's what I do and try to leave a lasting impact. I hope um, that you guys enjoyed this show as much as I did. This is one of my favorite ones that I've ever done, really. Um, it's a long time coming for me. And uh, like I said, I just love these these two people and just so grateful for them in my life. Please go check out their music. All the links are going to be available. We'll be back on Tuesday, I think 1 p.m. Uh, we'll, we're going to have Kelly Rudy back on the show here very shortly as well. So I'm looking forward to connecting with Kelly. Michael Landsberg's coming back on the show. Uh, a few other people as well. But I'm I am going to get away from just strictly doing hockey players. Of course, we're always going to bring hockey players in, but I'm trying to get away and just try to um, help people understand that regardless if you're a hockey player, a musician, a firefighter, a doctor, a lawyer, doesn't matter. This stuff is everywhere and it's time for all of us to come together as a community. So I'm going to leave you guys uh, with good old days by the Savage Patch Kids. This is the lyric video. And uh, I can't wait uh, to see, oh, that's the wrong one, guys. I can't wait to see what they, they have coming down the pipe. I mean, I've heard some of their, their new songs, um, but not the finished versions. And just blows me away, blows me away. Anyways, guys, uh, take care of each other. Be kind. Hello to all my family back home in BC, especially my daughter, Brooklyn. I wasn't going to mention this today, but today is... It's her birthday and I have not seen her in seven years and um, or or my son Brody. I've been kind of asked to not talk about this. Uh, I've gotten some pretty nasty emails uh, from a certain somebody. Um, you don't hear me talk about them too much and that's why. But today is her birthday. It's St. Patrick's Day 2008. I was playing for the Kelowna Rockets and our season had just ended and we were going into playoffs and I had to fly home. I was a 20 year old playing junior hockey. I had to fly home. It was a, a scheduled C-section and I was there for a day and I, I flew back to Kelowna and I was on the bus to Seattle for playoffs like two days later. Um, and, you know, I really, I really thought that I was gonna be there, you know, and I, 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 I never thought that I was gonna go down the road of addiction and never lose um, my kids and everything else that I lost, but certainly my kids. and. You know, I'll just tell a quick story. The very first game that Brooklyn ever came to, she was about a week old. And uh, we won our first two games in Seattle. I played very, very, very well and uh, got first star of both the games. And Brittany flew to Kelowna when Brooklyn was a week old for game number three in Kelowna. And 22 seconds into that game, I scored. And uh, she was in the stand. She was just a week old. And when I think about that... Um, you know, there's no doubt in my mind why that happened. She's, you know, I, I miss, I miss her dearly. Um, Brooklyn, happy birthday. I love you. I miss you. Brody, Brooklyn, I'm here anytime. 
anytime you want to reach out. And I'm sorry for putting out this out there publicly, but I just don't know where else you will hear it. I love you. I miss you. I'm sorry. I am working hard. And you guys are always in my mind and, and at the forefront of why I'm doing this. And I really hope that whenever the time comes, whenever that day is, um, that maybe you can just understand a little bit more and that, you know, I can be just a small part of your lives. If there's anything that I can ever do, you know, I'm always here. I love you guys. And thank you all for watching. Always remember, have a great day if you so choose. So long ago, I was the poster child of feeling low. The poster child of feeling low. Another life on our own. Cheated in the undertow. Riding with the overflow. Yeah, it's been a while, takes way more shit to surprise me now. When it was going down, couldn't stand your voice without blacking out. And that's what we do, every day same badge, we're trying to prove you'd fill my cup, would ride it up, come down every night to an ugly truth. I keep thinking if we just listen, we might dissolve the pressure. It shouldn't numb us with apathy just to be together. But you were down in the worst way, and I was down in my own way. Kept rolling with punches, we learned to make us both stay. I've been doing time, not you, I've been doing won't act like we're blind, we just close our eyes Played with fire, feel alive Played with fire, feel alive Went through the movement and memorized it all Skeletons inside our walls Comfortable inside it all Another life so long ago When your level of petty is readily unmatched With this mic, mic buffer, ready to rumble Black and white, top of nose as we tumble Screaming out, uncle, then I tap out and lash out Ain't no winners in this world, rumble Both say sorry, that's feeling hollow Yeah, I had enough, I'll be gone tomorrow Another life, so long ago I was the poster child of feeling low the booster child of feeling low. I've been doing fine without you. I've been doing fine without you. Another life on our own. Cheated in the undertow.